Welcome to Prepare to Care. We are the AARP podcast that provides resources and tools to help support caregivers and their families. Good afternoon. I'm your host, Eddie Orham. Are you constantly worried about COVID-19? Are you finding yourself feeling more anxious or angry or frightened and sad? If you do, you're not alone. As we stretch on with our crisis and we have prolonged isolation, financial insecurity, and fears about the coronavirus may harm your mental health. Some people are feeling the strain in the forms of depression, anxiety, insomnia. This is becoming a concern for most of us who are at home, dealing with COVID issues. How do you handle these feelings, emotions, and any specific mental health challenges during this very stressful time? Mr. Hash is going to be someone who's going to assist us today. Greg Hash is the Executive Director of the National Alliance on Mental Illness of Texas, also known as NAMI. Greg, thank you for being with us. Let's begin with a look at mental health. When we say mental health, what are we talking about? Are there different types of mental health conditions? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate this opportunity to to visit with you on this very important issue of mental health, which is having an impact across society, affecting all of us in some way. Um, I'm glad you asked the question about sort of what is mental health and are there different types of mental health conditions. Um, there are different types of mental health conditions, and I think it's important for us to have a baseline established for this conversation around what is mental health and what does it look like. So a mental health condition is something that affects a person's thinking, feeling, behavior, or mood. These conditions deeply impact day-to-day living and may also affect a person's ability to relate to others. They can also have an impact on how we handle stress, how we relate to others, and how we make choices. Mental health is important at every stage of life, all the way from childhood to adolescence and through adulthood and later life. The first thing that people need to know is that they're not alone as they go about dealing with any mental health challenge that may come up. Mental health conditions are very common. In fact, a lot more common than one might assume. And people don't realize this because they're often afraid to talk about what the impact of mental health looks like in their lives. Um, One in five U.S. adults experience a mental health condition in any given year, and one in 25 experience a serious mental health condition in any given year. Um, The major types of it include major depressive episodes, which cause severe impairments that interfere or limit with a person's ability to carry out major life activities. This affects about 7% of adults. There's schizophrenia, which interferes with a person's ability to think clearly, manage emotions, make decisions, and relate to others. This affects a little less than 1% of adults. There's bipolar disorder, which is a mood disorder causing dramatic shifts in a person's mood, energy, and ability to think clearly. This affects just less than 3% of adults in any given year. Um, There are anxiety disorders, which are the most common mental health conditions. This 
anxiety disorder means intense fear and distress becoming overwhelmed uh, causing people to become overwhelmed and prevent us from doing everyday activities. This affects almost 20% of adults. There's post-traumatic stress disorder caused by traumatic events affecting almost 4% of adults. Obsessive compulsive disorder, uh, meaning repetitive or unwanted or intrusive thoughts and irrational or excessive urges to do certain action, actions affecting over 1% of people. Um, and there's uh, borderline personality disorder characterized by difficulties regulating emotions affecting over 1% of adults. These are the major types of mental health conditions. There are many others and they can have a, a profound impact on a person's quality of life. Great, thank you. Very helpful information for us. Um, I mentioned earlier the COVID crisis that we're currently going through. Uh, what can you tell us about COVID and how that might create some anxiety or, or depression that might affect our mental health? Well, um, so, you know, COVID um, itself can, as you mentioned, cause mental health conditions or exacerbate uh, mental health conditions. There is the anxiety about uh, contracting COVID-19. Um, there is the fear and, and, and around economic uncertainty. Uh, you know, someone may have lost their job uh, and they're worried about their ability to pay their bills. That can cause anxiety to uh, sort of spiral out of control. There's the trauma and uh, grief that people have over uh, losing loved ones or um, uh, having a loved one get sick. Um, and then there's the, the, the big factor of isolation and loneliness, which was uh, an epidemic in our society to begin with before COVID came around. Uh, people were extremely lonely. Uh, over you know, 20 percent of adults would say that loneliness was a major impediment to to their wellness. And that uh, can cause a range of different health issues. It can put a person at, at greater risk for um, uh, heart disease um, and, and stress and anxiety and depression. So, you know, COVID can, you know, obviously because of the stay at home orders, uh, people are not having the same ability to connect with others in their lives, stay connected to the social fabric of their lives. Um, and so that, you know, COVID causing loneliness uh, can lead to a range of, of other health conditions. Um, Outside of COVID, you know, mental health conditions can be caused by genetics, can be caused by adverse childhood experiences. Um, it can be caused by other chronic medical conditions like having cancer, having cardiovascular disease um, can lead to a mental health condition. Um, mental health conditions can be caused by use of alcohol or other recreational drugs. So, um, you know, it's a complex range of factors that can lead to a person experiencing a mental health condition, both in the context of COVID, but also um, beyond, beyond the specific context of COVID. Thank you, Greg. I, I realize that this is a complicated situation, uh, but what can you tell us about um, the feelings we might be feeling, or when do we know when we might need to reach out uh, to someone like you or your group, uh, and when should we be concerned about our mental health? Or when, how do we know if we are experiencing issues that we need to take control of and ask for help? 
Um, well, um, so, you know, there are a number of different warning signs, red flags that, uh, you know, can be looked for uh, that may be an indicator that we need to sort of look into our mental health and do something about our mental health. Um, you know, I would say if you're feeling isolated, um, if you're feeling sad, if you're feeling overwhelmed, um, you know, that can be a sign that, uh, you know, you may want to talk to someone, you may want to seek out support. Um, if you're feeling worried, excessively worried, if you're having trouble sleeping, if your, um, you know, diet is interrupted, there are some physical health um, indicators that can be a sign that something is happening uh, beneath the surface. Um, those are the sort of things to be on the lookout for, uh, both within ourselves and, and among the people in our lives, our friends and family. Uh, when we see those kind of things going on, that is a, um, a bell ringing that, you know, maybe let's, let's go ahead and do something to make sure that there isn't something more serious happening beneath the surface. Would I, would it be okay to reach out to my general practitioner or who should I make my first phone call to if, if I'm sensing and feeling the feelings that you just described? Who should I call first? A general practitioner is a good option if you have your a good relationship with a primary care provider. Um, they may be able to provide direct assistance or point you in the right direction uh, to a specialist. Um, you can reach out to organizations like mine, NAMI Texas, and we have the ability to point people towards the resources that uh, they may need. Uh, we have a broad understanding of what, what the resources are uh, that exist to support the mental health of, of Texans. Um, you can look within your insurance network. And I think that's a, an increasingly you know, viable tool that insurance networks are facilitating access to telehealth services. Uh, we, um, you know, recommend that as a really good option because a lot of in-person services um, are not available right now, uh, but mental health services, many of them can be delivered effectively to, through telehealth and an insurance network is, is sort of a good place to start for tapping into those resources. Thank you, Greg. And we do have the NAMI number uh, printed on our screen. And let me say to our audience, that NAMI is the National Alliance on Mental Illness of Texas. Uh, so we appreciate you guys being there. Greg, in our situation, we tend to have a lot of caregivers who tune into this. And the caregivers tend to be looking and caring for an elder or a child or a relative. Um, we have a sense of what's going on with our care receiver. Uh, what should a caregiver look out for to make sure that he or she is keeping themselves healthy mentally? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a really important question. Um, we, we have a lot of caregivers in our in our network as well. Um, you know, NAMI was founded by family members uh, of, of adult children uh, experiencing serious mental health conditions. And uh, over a long period of time, we've uh, proactively strategized around how we can best support uh, caregivers who are, you know, maybe starting to experience their own challenges and are overwhelmed by their family situation. 
um, and may start to suffer from uh, caregiver fatigue or um, secondary traumas. Um, as far as you know, what can caregivers sort of do to take care of themselves? Um, I would say it's it's really important for caregivers to think about how they can sort of build up resilience um, before the situation spirals out of control. And what do I mean by resilience? I mean uh, the ability to adapt well in the face of adversity or in the face of trauma or tragedy. Um, when, you know, a loved one starts to really have a hard time, you know, we need as caregivers, we need the ability to support ourselves so we can support them. And that involves building up our resiliency. And, um, you know, I recently heard the term lifequake. Lifequake are the things that happen, you know, that are unforeseen and that totally shake up our lives. We need to prepare for those things before they uh, catch us off, off guard. So we can, you know, in the interest of building resiliency, um, we can prioritize relationships. Uh, make sure that we are connecting with others who have an understanding of the challenges that we're going through with our loved ones, uh, people who are compassionate, who can validate our feelings. That is an incredible way of building up our resilience. Um, another way is simply taking care of our bodies. You know, we by taking care of our bodies, we have a naturally positive effect on our uh, on our mental wellness. So exercise, sleep yoga, you know, those are uh, tools that, you know, can keep us healthy, uh, both in body and in mind. Um, I think those are, you know, some of the, the most critical strategies that caregivers can pursue uh, to take care of themselves and, and thereby take care of their loved ones at the same time. And uh, I want to say to our listeners as well, to continue with what Greg is letting us know, the Prepare to Care Handbook that we offer at AARP gives us five steps of uh, being a good caregiver. The very last step is to make sure that we take care of ourselves. So, and, and as a caregiver, I've actually experienced the need of kind of taking a break, making sure that I was healthy, making sure that I understood the process of being a caregiver. In the sense of, uh, in my case, we're talking about cognitive um, impairment. So I needed to look at the stages so I could understand what's happening. And I had to understand that there's some things that I could not change to the process of what my care receiver is going through. So I had to learn how to change how I reacted and change how I behaved and actually begin to talk with other friends who are going through the same thing. Um, you know, Greg, we, we work a lot with 50 plus individuals. And many of us at this in this age category have gone through several generations of thinking that we really can't reach out, should not reach out, if we believe we have some uh, anxiety or some depression, uh, that might mean we're not okay. And there's some shame in admitting that we're not okay. What can you say to the generation of folk who uh, aren't quite comfortable in saying, I need some help? Yeah, um, I would say that there is no shame. Um, that I would say that it's okay to be not okay. Uh, 
a mental health condition can really impact our quality of life if we don't take the necessary action to to address it. Um, the brain is part of the body. Um, and just the same as you know, you would go seek out and talk to a healthcare professional um, if you're um, having you know an issue with your heart, uh, you know, an issue with your stomach, whatever other body part, you know, you would go talk to a healthcare professional about. If you're having brain health issues, you're you should go talk to someone. There's no shame in that. Um, and we need to erase this pervasive stigma uh, that gets in the way of people seeking out the care that they need. Um, it's just part of life. And um, we need to stop thinking of it as something that's separate from from the rest of the body because because it's not. Um, so if you know if a person is experiencing you know mental distress in any form, whether it's you know mild, moderate, or serious, um, I think the first thing, as I mentioned, is to not wait to deal with it. Take care of right. Take care of it right away. These are things that can hit hard and hit fast, and we're better off nipping it in the bud before it spirals into something that's can be profoundly disruptive and disabling. Um, you may want to talk to someone who has had a similar experience. You know, the odds are over the course of your life, you know someone or you even love someone who has also experienced a mental health condition or experienced symptoms of mental health conditions. So reach out to them, let, ask them what worked for them, and that may help you figure out what will work for you. Um, you can also do a free online depression screening through Mental Health America. That's a great tool just to, you know, get some direction uh, and, and get some guidance around, you know, this, what you may be experiencing and that, that can point you towards maybe seeking out some uh, assistance from a professional. Um, I also really recommend, you know, getting a checkup from the neck up, as they say, um, just like we go and get our annual physical uh, we want to also be making sure that we're consulting professionals who um, can assess our mental health. Uh, that uh, it, getting, you know, getting that mental wellness checkup is just as important as getting a physical. That those are some pieces of advice that I would give. Thank you, Greg. Um, I, I really appreciate it's okay to not be okay, and I think that we can all believe that we can be happier and feel better and should always feel okay to take those steps to do so. Before we leave, is there anything or one last tip you'd like to give to us or something that we've missed that you'd like for our audience to know? Um, I, I would just like to encourage you, you know, the audience to um, check out the resources that are available at namitexas.org. Um, during COVID-19, we have uh, adapted to the situation by making a lot of our services available online. Uh, we have uh, free online support groups, both for families and caregivers, as well as for individuals uh, with mental health conditions. We have free online mental health education classes for families and caregivers, as well as individuals with mental health conditions. Um, those services come at no cost. They're available um, almost every day of the week. 
Um, so we want to make sure that people know that we are here as a resource for them um, and that they can reach out to us anytime and we'll, we'll help, you know, point them in the right direction of mental health resources and support. Great. Uh, Greg Hesch from NAMI. Thank you for giving us your advice and your words of wisdom and telling us about your organization. Um, thank you. Have a great day and be well. Thanks and for having me. audience, perfectly having you here. Thank you. We encourage our audience to follow the Prepare to Care podcast on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, or at www.aarp.org slash Houston PTC. I'd like to say to each of you, thank you for listening. And as always, thank you for continuing to care about others. Have a great day.